Hello, and welcome. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Hello, and welcome to the Witch's Way podcast. The Witch's Way is brought to you by the members of Sacred Sea Temple in Outer Springs, Georgia, at our monthly gathering. I'm your host tonight, Mike Neal, and with us tonight we have Reverend Stephanie Neal, Reverend Elizabeth Miller, and Reverend Lily Green on the phone. So tonight's subject is about familiars. In preparation for the show, I thought I'd like to just see how the dictionaries or encyclopedias define us. Familiars, or imps, usually are small household pets that serve as a witch's companion. According to legend, familiars are sort of like guides who take the form of an animal on earth. They are loyal loyal guardians and protectors to witches who are sent to assist them with magic. So that's basically uh, a textbook explanation of familiars. But tonight we have witches that can give you their interpretation of familiars or what they feel about familiars. So I think I'll kick it off first with Reverend Elizabeth Miller. Hello, this is Reverend Elizabeth Miller. And my familiar, because I am a gardener, and we're just coming upon the spring season here in Atlanta. And I like to dedicate a great deal of my garden to growing flowers. And in those flowers, I am visited by the bees. And I talk to bees. They talk to me. They bring they bring balance. They bring balance to my life. Um, in all, I have, I can't even remember the last time I was stung by a bee. Um, I tell them that my flowers are much more sweeter than I am. And so they need, they need the flower in, in the nectar. And, and the flowers are available for the bees and they're available for the butterflies. Favorite, I believe my fav- two favorite flowers for the bees are zinnias, which grow very, very well here in the Atlanta uh, soil. And I had a sunflower that was over seven, and it had like 25 head sunflowers, which is a crazy amount. And they were always filled with bees. So, in by feeding the bees, I'm able to feed. I'm able to feed the queen and the hive, and the hive can then then produce honey. So so it can go all around the community. So 
the the work of the intent of the being familiar can then be broadcast throughout the community in the local honey. And then and then the honeycomb then made the candles for our magical working. Thank you, Reverend Elizabeth. It's interesting, too, because tonight Elizabeth did a workshop on candle making, and she specifically focused in on beeswax and the properties of how that is a far superior wax to use than, say, the oil-based paraffin, uh, and even better than the soy-based wax. So that was very, very good. Tied that all together real nice. Uh, and next we have Reverend Stephanie Hello, everyone. Uh, my familiars are essentially dogs. Uh, dogs have been brought into my life to teach me so many things. And uh, let's say what? Uh, they teach me about immunity. They teach me uh, about there's times reminding me throughout the day to take breaks, uh, reminding me that it's important to play, have a good time, and uh, as dogs are running outside, right now we just have one dog, I'm a big talker, but when they run and they're just so free and happy and just ready to take on the world of the day, and that really means a lot to me. And, and just their unconditional love and support. And, and anyone that owns dogs, they know uh, all those little special moments uh, that they convey their love and convey their what they want to do next. Uh, our particular dog definitely, because he is so intelligent, but I guess every dog owner says the same thing about their own dog, but we think our dog is the most intelligent dog in the world. And he keeps a schedule, and he keep, he watches our schedule, and he keeps all of us on schedule throughout the day. Uh, I've never heard that a dog does that, but our dog, dog absolutely uh, does that. And he just has ways to convey to us when he needs something, when the next on the schedule is supposed to be coming up. Just, uh, it, it's just amazing how, how loving and how wonderful dogs are. But in the astral, I do work a lot with cats, mostly because I'm very allergic to cats, but I absolutely love cats. So I uh, have lots in the astral uh, plane, and even though that's not, uh, not well, Every cat there is still very alive. It's just they are in a, a different uh, a reality system. And they absolutely uh, teach me uh, many things, too. And, and that's just about uh, where I receive, I would say, half of my teachings throughout my life. I receive 50% of my teachings through wonderful teachers and wonderful books and wonderful experiences uh, that life uh, delivers. But then the other half of the every lesson is found 
that I have found uh, in the astral, and and many of it is through animals. And I've been fortunate enough in my life that I've had wonderful things happen to me uh, with uh, animals. I'll, I'll just give you one example that I always wanted to see whales up close, and every time we would take a charter of some kind, and every single time when it was time for the, the season of the whales to come through, everyone else would see them except me. And so finally, when we went to this uh, section of the world, that uh, my husband said, Michael, why, well, you know, let's take another charter. Let, maybe we can see, maybe you can see them this time. And I said, no, I really don't want to spend a dime on this because it's like, it's, I think it's a waste of money because I know I will never see them. So I did not go on a charter that particular time. Well, we were at the beach there and we were sitting very close to the water and to both of uh, uh, Reverend Mike and myself and the maybe 10, 12 people that were sitting uh, uh, close in that area, we all saw this most amazing dance that here two huge whales came up from out of the water and just started moving, like moving together and moving apart and then turning around in a circle. It was truly a dance. It was almost like I was thinking, no one is going to believe what we are experiencing here. And I knew while it was happening, it was a a once-in-a-lifetime event. And so I have always treasured that very special moment that uh, the universe delivered to not just me, of course, I guess the, the 15 of us pro- probably in total, that, that the universe delivered such an amazing um, event as these two beautiful whales. I, I, we, it was, you, it's just amazing how close we were uh, to them. And then after maybe it was maybe two, three minutes, I, I, I really don't know. Uh, then they went off on their way, uh, and uh, everyone was just really in shock. We were all looking at each other, like basically uh, saying, like, did this really happen? So uh, I'm very blessed that that happened uh, in, in my life. And uh, I see those wells when I'm in dream, and I see those wells uh, in the, the astral plane because I know that they not only gave me such joy that day, but also I recognize really with well, any living thing that there's always a lesson that they're delivering to me. And uh, so, yeah, so I'll turn this over to Mike and thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate that. I was, of course, there with you, and uh, it was a remarkable and that, to me, is how familiars enter into your life. You don't expect something, and then along comes a couple of whales dancing in the water. And in a sense, they are introducing themselves to you. 
and you've gone ahead and followed that up by bringing them into your dream world and into your... Uh, Stephanie was just flapping her. Like she was thinking about the birds. Yeah, the birds. And I'll give it back to her so she can talk about that. Well, okay, I will mention that. We were actually here again. It was by the ocean. And it was somewhat early in our walk. And uh, we were staying at a, a place that was right along the ocean. And Stephanie had decided to go down to the beach and just, oh, she's, she was born in California and raised in Hawaii. So beaches mean a lot to her. And she went out there and she was just meditating, I'd say. And from a distance, I was behind her because I really hadn't entered into the path yet. I hadn't committed to it. I was doing my observation, so to speak. And all these birds just started to circle around. And it was like they were doing an introduction. These were seagulls. And they were doing, like, introducing themselves to her. And as she moved, they moved. And it was just, she was the only one out there. It was like a sort of a chilly day. So it wasn't, you know, uh, filled with people on the beach. And it was just really a, an experience to see them uh, interacting with her. And I'm sure, just like the whales show up in her dreams, I'm sure whenever she sees seagulls, it, it has meaning to her. So, uh, here, one minute. Stephanie would like to mic again. Thank you for bringing that up. That wasn't the story I was thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about our robins, our, our cardinals, cardinals. Sorry, sorry, yes. Well, okay, so the story I was thinking about, basically for we've lost count of how many years, but cardinals have always made themselves incredibly visible to both Mike and myself. And we treasure that closeness. We were living at one point in the U.S. They were there with us when we uh, moved to, to Georgia. Uh, they showed up. Do we know if it's the same? Cardinals? Probably not. We don't know. We just kid around saying, like, oh, they followed us to Georgia. But, we, but, of course, we don't. Probably not. But just that fact that Cardinals make it very clear to us and many times they show up every single day, every single day, and then they go away, and then they show up every single day. And usually the same place, and sometimes uh, they'll land on the ledge of, of the window, the, the sill of the window, and once again, making themselves so obvious to us. So we recognize, once again, that the universe is uh, truly supporting us and guiding us and letting us know that here we have another tiny little red feathered friend that are now a part of our companion. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to talk about, so I guess I don't have to say anything. But <laughs> now I'll come back to that later. But for now, we have uh, a, a lovely member who is on her way home, not home, but she is very much into animals. 
she has cats, and it'll be interesting with her love of cats and love of at least 60 or 70 other species of animals uh, that she deals with regularly. Uh, let's hear from Reverend Lily Green. Okay, hi. Uh, we'll do a quick check. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you fine. Huh? Okay, 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 yay. Just want to make sure. Okay. Well, yes, thank you. And um, I'm actually going to try to do like a little flip on this, on what it means for to be a familiar and companion, because I'll kind of start off with a backstory that um, – when I was first starting out as a witch, I I only had, like, TV shows to really go by. And so I was going with a stereotypical familiar that was only supposed to really help me with magical working. And I had a cat at that time who loved to do meditations with me. And every, on every plane that I visited, she would always go with me. So I had a very... I guess my sense of that definition of what a familiar was, uh, she was my strongest by far familiar that I've ever had. However, working with animals that I've done for so long, and it's one of those, um, at first I was thinking, like, how to really kind of challenge this towards, like, what does it mean to be a companion? What does it mean to be a familiar and I want to kind of flip it to where I'm at a point to where I feel like I am several animals familiar, that I am there helping. Like if they help us in the magical realm uh, with magical workings, I'm here to help them in the physical. Because a lot of stuff that I do, a lot of places when I travel somewhere, even now like driving on a road to a client's house, I'm always on the lookout for an injured animal because I would surely find one. And it's not that I'm calling that energy to me. It's like I'm calling my awareness to see where there's help, where help is needed, and how I can help out. Um, The biggest story right now is when I took a a business vacation at Myrtle Beach, and that's where I found um, an injured gull that I looked up for a rescue and tried to find it and everything else. And a lot of animals that I do work with, they have some kind of injury or there's some kind of need that they, they, they have some kind of physical need um, for here. So I'm, so on that flip side, where's yes, a lot of animals, and I've had help from different animals um, in my workings and just day to day, but I also feel like on the flip side, I am like certain animals familiar as well, more of like help in this realm, in the physical world. That's very interesting. No, no, it makes perfect sense. And that's what it is that that familiar or that animal, in in that case you said a gull, came in to you during that trip. And Mm -hmm. your part that you do, you, of course, wanted to save it and, and help it and things like that. And that's how, you know, we as uh, animals, we we need to interact together. It, it's we're connected. We're we're created by the same, just in a different form. So. Right. And sometimes, so a lot of times, you know, it's, it can be sad. And I think that injured animals come into my life for a reason because I do 
I do like the energy work to help them transition. And sometimes they just need that to where they need that help. They need that extra to transition through. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm driving and I'm trying to figure out what this person is doing. Um, so, and I think, I think it's just like what kind of work is needed. That That's where it kind of comes into to like what is needed. Like we may need help in the magical or in the astral realm, but for certain animals, they may need help in, you know, maybe not necessarily in the magical or the astral realm, but they may need, may need help in the physical realm. Um, I don't know off the top of my head how many other realms that they can travel to because there's only – it's like we have a limited understanding of all the different realms, but for other animals, like let's just say, you know, a barn owl may have something different compared to a wolf, compared to uh, a whale, compared to a dolphin, compared to another, any, any of the birds, or to a spider. And so it's just, you know, we, we can only help in so much, and I think, um, especially nowadays, like the physical is the main one that they need help into, help with. Yes. Yes. And actually, you, you happen to mention that barn owl, and I don't know if you recall, but early early in when we had the temple grounds here in Powder Springs, you came across, unfortunately, a owl that had uh, been hit by a car or something. Uh, very unusual to see that, but you stopped and you, you didn't want to leave it on the ground. It had crossed over, so to speak, uh, the Rainbow Bridge, but uh, later on, after with preparation, we had a ritual here on these grounds in which we planted the owl. And, you know, an owl, there, there's many different representations, but it's often associated with wisdom and with uh, protection. It is a predator for small animals, but, you know, the the fact that we were able to have that that owl, you know, nicely buried on our property uh, in the early stages of the state temple, it was really a, uh, no, it was a blessing. It was like bringing wisdom into our roof and into the candle, uh, a gathering of pagan, as we have now many, many, and it you know, sits right outside our, our temple room that we use for ritual called the pearl, and uh, I actually, after the fact, I marked it with a, you know, a small brick so that, you know, to, to acknowledge present, even though it has crossed over the properties that it now brings us, our land, remain. So, I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah, I, re- I do. I remember it. I remember that owl. Yes. I remember the ritual, too, so, yeah. Yeah, so that was very uh, good. And, you know, you sort of touched upon something else about how uh, sort of is almost the iconic, yeah, black hat is iconic for uh, people who uh, call themselves witches. And uh, even though Stephanie took away my cardinal story, because she experienced it too, but really, I mean, it, it always amazed me. And cardinals, you know, I, uh, cardinals are 
stay together for life. You know, and I am proud to say that Stephanie and I have been married for 52 years, and you know that to me just really, really made the cardinal my familiar, and likewise Stephanie recalls it. But referring to cats, I would say in our last three or four homes, we have always had a black cat, a neighbor, what they call a neighborhood cat, a, a cat that's feral maybe, that we ultimately yeah. welcome and feed and you know let it be a part of our our home. Although because of Steph's allergies, we can't have the cat inside. Although in the winter we had a place where we could, I, we could put her in our uh, first floor in our last house for that that particular cat, and it has always been a black cat that has come around and been a part of our our, our functioning day to day, becoming a part of us, uh, but due to the limitations of allergies. Uh, generally outside. In the south here, it's not, you know, the, the weather isn't so critical, but the uh, uh, black cat has always uh, been a part of our family, our, our home, I guess you could say, even though it wasn't inside like our, our, our dog is. No allergies there. So anyway, uh, does anyone have anything else that they would like to add? Lily, do you have anything else, or uh, are we good? Um, the, um, I, you know, I I can always talk for hours about animals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's I can go on and on. Um, but I think it's yeah. I brought up one side to where it's kind of like a flip side on. It's not just like what we can receive from them, but what we can give back. To them as well and so I think it's um, I think that might be like a version of like the new familiar that's coming into where a lot of people like a new awareness a new age when people are um, finding that I, I guess uh, compared to like what I grew up with or what I what I first started out with where it's like how can this animal serve me it's kind of like you don't leave it as a one-sided conversation. It's kind of like not only how can you serve me, but how can I serve you to where it's like how can I help you too. So I think that's kind of a different spin on it. That's a good point, Lily. Much appreciated. I think that's what connection between humans and animals or humans and insects and uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth was saying earlier that when working in the garden and the bees are flying around, he said something like, oh, the flowers are sweeter than me. Go see them. And likewise, mm-hmm. when I'm out and bees are buzzing around me, I say, please go away. Just ask them not to, because I don't want to get stumped, obviously. And I don't want to yeah. cause them to be as though there's fear there. But it's there's a communication that we can as humans be with our our familiars as well as all. Okay, so uh, I think we've covered this subject very well, 
and I am so happy. Uh, unfortunately, a number of our members had to leave early tonight. Otherwise, we probably would have had many more amazing stories to talk about of interaction. And, you know, familiars are something that we can continue to walk with and, and understand and move forward uh, in our each path, in each individual path. So with that, I hope you enjoyed this episode coming from Sacred Sea Temple, The Witch's Way. And until next, next time, blessed be. Blessed be.